Hey, thanks for uh, starting at episode one. Um, you are our core audience, the completionist, the person who, you know, uh, is going to watch all of the Puppet Master movies just because they're available. Uh, the person who's going to watch the seventh season of that TV show, even though all of their friends told them it was no good. Um we started out season one uh, going through a Transformers comic uh, that we knew we wanted to do, and we didn't really know what we were going to do after that. Um, so it's a little bit chaotic. Uh, you know, we're still learning the ropes uh, even today, uh, but I hope you enjoy uh, what we've got going on. Thanks. Warm up your transformation cog and join Caleb and Jim as they journey through the Transformers more than meets the eye. Till all are one. Every night I'm just rocking and rolling on waves while Episode one of the Lost Light podcast. I'm Jim. Joining me is Caleb. Our first ever podcast together. Hopefully everything turns out all right. It's a pleasure to be here, Jim. I'm I'm really excited about about the possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> so I have recorded uh, several podcasts uh, now and. I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but this is the only one that I've ever actively lost sleep about. Oh, my word. <laughs> because I I was having weird dreams about this uh, show being like on YouTube and me needing to have props and like proper lighting. And it was it was it was a mess. Well, the the, uh, the sleep you lost for, for the the video aspect of it, I, I lost for the audio aspect of it. So, um, uh, Jim can tell you know all all the fans out there, listeners that uh, I, I have bugged him repeatedly about even just a second ago about even setting my my iPad down. I didn't want any movement getting caught into the into the audio. So, mm. you you know that we haven't officially said it, but uh, episode one. Lost Light podcast. We're going to be talking about More Than Meets the Eye, Volume 1. The Transformers comic that set the world ablaze. <laughs> but before we get to that... Well, I guess we can say how, how this podcast kind of got started. Well, I, I always kind of wished I had friends that did podcasts that would kind of invite <laughs> me on to a podcast. And uh, Jim graciously... <laughs> Uh, did and so we we tried to decide you know what we were gonna do decided on doing comics and um, Transformers more than meets the eye is one of my all time favorite series something I knew I could talk about and and I was very knowledgeable about and I wouldn't sound like you know just like a putz on here any more than I normally would but uh, so we we, we kind of decided on that so I don't know if this is gonna be a, just a Transformers podcast for forever but we're starting with more than meets the eye um, I. I I've preached this book to the masses and uh, I've had a handful <laughs> of friends that have picked it up. Jim was one of them. He's uh, I think you've read a, read a little bit, but you, you didn't finish the series. Correct. Um, I, I have finished the series. So we will get to a point where Jim is uh, reading it all new 
Uh, and I think it's been a while since you read even this, so it was probably kind of fresh to you. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. prior to this, what, what was your what, what was your background on Transformers? Prior to uh, picking up more than BCI, I had obviously uh, read some of the Transformers comics in the the eighties and nineties, the Marvel stuff. Um, you know, it was really designed to sell toys, and I had picked up some of the. Uh, was it Dreamwave did some books? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I picked up uh, some of them. Some real early IDW books, like Beast Wars and Energon Wars, or some some weird, you know, stuff I'd picked up from, like, the, the quarter bins. I just really, you know, I never got into it. Never really was grabbed as much as I I tried to to get into the characters again. Um, my background on Transformers, my dad, um, you know, kind of baptized me in the uh, the eighty, you know, the eighties cartoon series. I never read the mm-hmm. the Marvel comics from from that era, but uh, man, I loved the, the the original series and the movie. If you look at my letterbox right now, uh, the <laughs> movies in my top four. I, I love I love that movie. So the the uh, the cartoon, the animated movie. Yeah, that I'm talking about that the cartoon animated the animated movie from the eighties. That's, yeah. that's one of my all time favorite movies. Um, and then I, I picked up a couple of the dream waves. Those were kind of hard to, to follow. And then, um, the IDW. So I was kind of looking for some transformer comics and, um, there is more than meets the eye and it has a sister series, uh, called it started off transformers, robots in disguise. And then it just, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of lost the robots in disguise somewhere along the way. and was just called transformers. But um, the death of Optimus Prime kicks off the second half of the IDW Transformers universe. The first half is is the stuff if you've ever seen a Transformers uh, show or read a book. Uh, Transformers war, war on Earth. They they've they've had the war for Cybertron. You you know that you pretty much right. know that story. Um, death of Optimus the the series before Death of Optimus Prime ended with, uh, and you don't really need to know any of this for more than meets the eye, but right. You know we're here to talk, so let's let's do that. Um, that series ended with Optimus Prime them going back to Cybertron. Um, it's like a race back to Cybertron. Autobots and Decepticons race back because um, they 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 realize if they go into the the center of the of the planet and open the Autobot matrix, Prime does that. Optimus Prime does that and restarted Cybertron. Cybertron was a dead planet because their war killed the planet. Okay. And um, that, so that's where Opti- uh, Death of Optimus Prime. And I I think you you know it's a it's a good jumping on point. It's a good you know one shot to to get things going. Yeah, I know. As I was reading uh, the Death of Optimus Prime, I had to uh, go hit Wikipedia or uh, whatever the Transformers equivalent of Wikipedia is to look up some of these things. And like the the name of the Transformers capital city was oh, something yeah. that I didn't know. Uh, the na- like the whole story of this space station thing that crashed into Cybertron, and they were using that as their base. Yeah, that that's when I texted you the other day and asked if you were doing any googling. I was doing my reread. And uh, they started throwing out terms like Iacon and uh, yeah. and Kimia. And those those are cities on Cybertron, which you, you don't need to know going into it. You, you'll you'll kind of figure it out through context clues. But uh, that's what that's that's what made me text you and say, hey, are you doing any Googling? And, <laughs> um, and 
I'll go ahead and say I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert at, at Transformers history, uh, but the the writer of this series, James Roberts, mm-hmm. um, he does a lot of world building on Transformers history, why the war actually was started to begin with, and um, and then a lot of the cities and stuff. Like I, I don't I don't know if Icon was well, a thing before yeah. James Roberts. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe it wasn't. But um, he he gets into a lot of the cities and stuff. So, um, and if he did it all, then great. And if, if he picked it up, then he, you know, he tied everything together. Yeah. Uh, from my, uh, brief time on the, the Transformers wikis, it seems like there's lots of, uh, different continuities built up through time, uh, where people just kind of pick what they want and run with it. Um, and just kind of tell the story that they want to tell at the time. And you don't, you don't bother too much about, uh, stepping on toes of previous stories. It's not like your star Wars where everything has a very, uh, strict and structured setup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and this is, is basically a G one, uh, which G one is from what my understanding is basically, um, like original Marvel comics and original animated series, type that that those original stories were were mm-hmm. G1 generation 1 I think is what it stands for and then you you know you had the uh, the rights went to other places and other stories were told after that and those are those are like the expanded uh universe you know to borrow another term but most of this is G1 but they do add elements of like um some of the other stuff you'll you'll see and there were some ones I remember from Beast Wars that I've seen in some of these comics and uh and I don't think those okay. were in the original comics. So that that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the G1 stuff. But uh, yeah. So, so you said you enjoyed uh, Optimus, uh, Death of Optimus Prime? Yeah, I did. It was a lot of the conflict um, that the different characters were having. Uh, really the big themes there were the like, the robots basically built for war. Uh, there's no longer a war that needs to be fought uh, what is your purpose in life now? You know, what what is going to drive you forward? How are you going to, what what path will you yeah, follow? Yeah, exactly. That, that's the way I try to sell it to people when, when they ask, like, what what's going on with this? I'm like, okay, you know, uh, Transformers have been at war for millions of years. War's over. What do they do? And that and and then you find out in the in this series, you know, what what, what do they do after the war that they've been, that that's all they've known for millions of years. So... Yeah, as I was reading into it and like thinking about the choices that uh, specifically Rodimus was making, um, it was it felt odd because he he was looking to the past for his mission in life, his goals. Uh, so he was looking to the past, but at the same time, you know, he was looking elsewhere. So he wanted to travel somewhere, but at the same time, look behind himself. So it was kind of a, a interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a um, play there. I think I might have described it to someone once. It's kind of like a, uh, the Transformers go. It's like a space mission, but it's also like a quest for the Holy Grail or you know mm-hmm. Knights Templar type deal because they're looking for this. Um, Knights of Cybertron? The Knights of Cybertron is the, is the name of them. And it's basically a group of ancient Cybertronians that left Cybertron in search. Uh, they were going to go and 
either they were going to go and spread peace or they were going to go and find like the promised land. Basically. Um, I, okay. I, I don't remember exactly if they, if they were going out to spread the promise to create a promised land or find the promised land. But either way, they, they left Cybertron to, to do something uh, along those lines to, to start a cyber utopia is what it's called. Right. Um, the, in, in the legends that they they went to go, it was either find cyber utopia or start cyber utopia, but either way, Rodimus um, Hot Rod is looking for the Knights of Cybertron and Cyber Utopia. Yeah, he was just he was just Rod, Hot Rod, Hot Rod within this series, right? He he's Hot Rod. Um, yeah, this and this isn't. I'm trying not to give like a bunch of stuff that didn't really happen in this, but um, <laughs> Hot Rod and Rodimus are, is the same person. Um, Hot Rod at one point held the Autobot Matrix, right? And he became Rodimus Prime. And then when he gave it back to, to Optimus, um, he, he went back by his old, by his old name, his original name, Hot Rod, but people will still call him Rodimus from time to time. Um, okay. So that I, I do it every once in a while and you'll see people do it in here. I think even Prime calls him Rodimus. Okay. When I called him, that makes, means that I'm not totally wrong. And uh, no, 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 you're right. He, Hot Rod. Uh, and he's, he goes by Hot Rod in this, but every once in a while, somebody will call him Rodimus and it, it might even be a, kind of like an insult to him because you know hot rod's whole thing is is um he i mean he's a he's a great you know guy but he's also like he's got a little bit of delusions of grandeur too he thinks yeah. he wants to be like he, he wants to be prime um he wants to be optimus prime yeah it's interesting calling him rodimus is either you know just you're that's the name that you know him by it could almost be seen as a sign of respect like yes. you know you have held the autobot matrix uh and so like you know the same thing is when you were the president once uh people still have to call you president right it's uh, like f- calling your former coach coach he's not your coach anymore but you, you know if i were to see my former football coach in the store i would probably still call him coach you know yep so calling a 80 year old man coach right that that can bring up good feelings of the past and also kind of remind you of things that were. Yeah. Another thing I liked about this series, um, I know a handful of these, these characters and mm-hmm. I mean like a small handful, uh, the rest of them, I, I, I want to say were either, either nobodies or they were just, they were creations. So even the handful that, you know, um, hot rod is by far, you know, probably the, the most well-known, Right. But, um, and, and a couple of others, but it's not like, uh, this is, uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron, you know, all, so there's, there's yeah. like actual stakes for these characters. You can kill some of these guys and, and, you know, the, they can, they can be dead. Whereas if they were to kill, you know, uh, Megatron in the second issue, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't know about that. He, he, right. he'll, he'll be back, you know? Yeah. You know, the death of Optimus Prime ends with, uh, Optimus, because he no longer has the Autobot Matrix, uh, losing the prime part of his name, and, you know, just going off into space to find his fate. You're like, yeah, okay, you're, but you're Optimus Prime, so you're going to come back eventually. Yeah, and uh, that, that's a, that ties back to the whole um, Hot Rod Rodimus thing. Um, Optimus's real name is Orion Pax. Um, mm-hmm. and then when he became a prime, he became Optimus prime. Um, and so no, rarely anyone calls him Orion Pax now, you know, but, um, 
That, yeah. That's basically the same thing. Hot Rod's name is Hot Rod, but he also had the Rodimus Prime title. Optimus's name is actually Orion Pax, and he has the Optimus Prime title, and that's what, what the whole death of Optimus Prime was. He was leaving to go um, do his own little adventure, and he was, prime, you know, Optimus Prime's dead. I'm Orion Pax now. That's how it, how yep. it ended. So... Mm-hmm. So the yeah, so that the the death of Optimus Prime ended with Optimus Prime taking off. The first uh the first issue of Lost Light then that's in the Lost Light volume 1 uh was basically everybody hopping aboard the ship uh, the Lost Light, the, the title that we stole for this podcast. Yeah, that's uh, the name of the ship. Um and basically, you know, uh, in, in Death of Optimus Prime, they find the, the map to what they think is the map to Cyber Utopia, uh, right. to, to the Knights of Cybertron. Uh, Hot Rod is all gung ho about, you know, hey, the war's over. I'm tired of fighting. I want to go. And I, I think this would help, you know, uh, this is a, this is what we need. You know, we're a broken culture. We've, we've been fighting a civil war for millions of years. I think these guys could help us. Um, other Autobots uh, want to stay and rebuild, you know, their home planet. And so, um, so Hot, Hot Rod puts out the call, Hey, we're going to go do this. And the first issue is them. Um, they have people show up and, and, and want to do it and they're going to go and, and, and do this. And basically the first issue is um, this is getting to meet the, the, meet the cast. These are the, the bots that show up to join his, his quest. And uh, so that's basically what the first issue is, is uh, meeting the cast. A motley crew they are. You've got the the one random uh, robot that's been living underground for <laughs> 30 million years or whatever. Tailgate, yeah. Tailgate. Uh, the two that had just been fighting. Uh, that was Cyclonus and Whirl. Uh, they'd just been at each other's throats prior, but now uh, they're trapped on a ship together. Yeah, you've got Hot Rod... And yeah, there's actually there's actually 200 people on board, but uh, yeah. obviously the the main cast is only going to be there's, right. there's like um, eight or nine, ten of the the main cast. So plenty of room for them to kill off, yeah, uh, people slowly. But yeah, you got you got Hot Rod as your captain. Um, Ultra Magnus is his, yep. the second in charge. Then there's Cyclonus Whirl. Uh, they're pretty major characters. We just mentioned Tailgate. Uh, he was the one that mm-hmm. was tailgate was I'll get back to tailgate. Um, <laughs> then you, then you have uh ratchet who's, uh, like the medic. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, drift, uh, drift was a former Decepticon that switched sides to Autobots. Oh, yep. And, um, he's like, he's like hot rods, best friend. He's also kind of like, a um, like a samurai thing, right? Samurai, but also kind of like a, um, aura. He's like real into auras and 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 stuff like that. Uh, positive energy, kind of. Um, yeah, almost kind uh, of a hippie. Almost kind of a hippie. Um, you also have Brainstorm. He was the guy with the briefcase. Yep, uh, weapons expert. Weapons expert. Um, he's he's one of my favorites. Red Alert, who was the director of security. He was the guy at the door trying to turn people away uh, mm-hmm. when they were first coming onto the ship. Whirl, Rung. Uh, I'll get back to to Rung as well. Uh, Swerve, who is the the little short um, bot, and he, he's he's uh, he's definitely comic relief. Uh, that's what Swerve is all there for. Uh, Chrome Dome, 
and rewind that those are another like set of like best friends. Um, rewind is the other little short one. Right. So, um, tailgate in a uh, Cybertronian history, the Knights of Cybertron left like 10 million years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, so many million years after about 4 million years after that, there was another prime. I, for, I forget which prime he was going to build an arc and they were going to go exploring the stars. Uh, tailgate was from that era and uh he fell down in that hole and it had been <laughs> it, he had damaged his uh like his, his like internal clock and his legs right. and uh, i i don't know if they they it, it was like he kept falling asleep even when even when they introduced him yeah. he was like crawling over to that thing and he was like i keep passing out uh, so, so he, he had been down there for like 6 million years and he, he thought he was, he was still going to make it to that launch on time. If I could just do this one little thing, I, I'll get out of this hole and I can get there on time. So, uh, so he missed the entire war. The war lasted for like 4 million years and he missed it all down in that hole, uh, thinking he was going to make it to that launch on time. Um, rung rung is a, um, interesting character. He's a psychiatrist. Yep. He's he's James Robinson basically like in as far as look his the look of him is mm-hmm. he's he looks just like James Robinson okay the author of this but uh he's had like interactions with all of these characters but nobody he's just like such a nobody that nobody like remembers right. him even his own patients don't remember <laughs> him but he's he he knows everyone and has had an interaction with everyone but nobody remembers him because he's he's like a zilch so. Yeah, I think the the introduction to Rug was uh, Red Alert trying to turn him away at the door. And he says something like, I've been your psychologist for five million years. How come you don't remember me? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you. I just (laughs) didn't recognize you. He's like, what? (laughs) um, Yeah, so that's the crew. um, Most of them get on board. Um, Cyclonus is another one that kind of needs a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of background. He, everyone says he's a Decepticon. They keep calling him Decepticon, but he, he actually wasn't a Decepticon. He was, he's an ancient Cybertronian too, that through, um, shenanigans in previous issues, uh, him and a, another, and a group of ancient Cybertronians came to this time and, uh, okay. tried to take over or whatever. And, uh, he actually kind of, when Prime was doing what he needed to do at the end of the last series, he kind of had a change of heart and went against his fellow comrades and helped Rodimus, uh, Hot Rod do something. So that's kind of why Hot Rod is like, you know, because you did that, I'm going to let you, you know, join the crew. Okay. Like I said, you don't really need to know none, none of that. You, you'll learn it over. But that's why everyone calls him a Decepticon, because he was fighting the Autobots around the same time. Right. But he, he they had they had their own agenda. But he okay. kind of like saw that uh, the guy he was following was was kind of a madman. Um so he he kind of had a little bit of a change of heart. Whirl is a is a crazy person, uh, <laughs> as you can as you uh, right. found out. <laughs> In the death of Optimus Prime, they had all the um, the Decepticons rounded up, and they had Cyclonus right. in there. I don't know if he caught he was in like a panel saying, "I'm not a Decepticon." But at the start of the, the first issue of More Than Meets the Eye, he's flying around and he he's inner monologuing, saying, "Yeah, you know, Hot Rod went went to bat for me and." They, they let me out of there, you know, and it's good to be free, but this isn't my time anymore. So, the, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really know what he's going to do. And then he kind of gets a reading and he thinks it's one of his comrades. Uh, okay. One so of that, the other the, ancient Cybertronians. Right. Right. Okay. He thinks it's one of his, one of his like homeboys. And so he, he flies down there and Whirl has, has found these guys corpses 
and has been in there, um, I guess just like desecrating them or beating up on them or, or doing something. <laughs> World's got some issues. Um, so World's in there just talking to them, uh, uh, thanking them for what they've done for him. And, and, uh, Cyclonus kind of walks in and he's like, what is going on here? And so, uh, <laughs> World, World has to kill Cyclonus because, uh, he can't let anybody know, know about this. So, th- uh, they're fighting and then that's, they kind of like, I guess, knock each other out or they land right around the time when a uh, tailgate pops out of his, um, his, his hole. And, uh, they all get brought. I don't think they were going to, any, any of them were going to join the lost light, the crew. I think they were just, uh, happened to be incapacitated right around the same time. And, and they, the, the crew brought him on board. Yeah. Well, one of the, uh, I remember that, uh, tailgate popped out of the hole and he was like, I, I don't want to miss the ship or like, I have to make it to the ship or something. So that whoever yeah, stumbled yeah. across his body was basically like, Oh, well clearly he wants to hop aboard right. the lost light. We'll haul him over there. And right. And, and then they were like, well, we can't just leave Whirl and um, Cyclonus were both knocked out. And they were like, we can't just leave them because <laughs> if they wake up, they're just going to finish killing each other. So at least we can keep an eye on them when they wake up. So, and then, um, so they go to take off. After they had, they all board and, uh, it looks like the ship blows up to everyone on Cybertron. Uh, they're all kind of sitting there watching them and, uh, Bumblebee and some of the other, you know, Autobots that don't want them to leave are kind of like, I didn't think they were going to really go through with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, it, uh, the ship appears to blow up to them. And, uh, what really happened was their, uh, quantum generators, their, um, thrust system or, or whatever kind of, kind of malfunction, kind of skipped a beat and, um, engaged early. So they weren't even ready to go. And, uh, it, it jumped so that it jumped them across the, the galaxy or a few thousand miles away or, or whatever. Um, yeah. and kind of malfunctioned. And, uh, there was a, a, a hole in the ship and some guys pretty much fell out into outer space <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, uh, some, landed on the planet. Like 50 or 60. Yeah. Like hot rods, like nobody dies on on this mission. And you're like, nah, there's no way nobody's <laughs> going to die on this mission, Hot Rod. So they have to land on this planet and uh, they, they try to get their, you know, I mean, they're robots, so they can they can survive falling out of a spaceship, but they got to go and get them still. And that's when we uh, kind of come across Skids. Right. And uh, Skids was on a ship and um, just kind of like quantum generate at the same time. Did you did you catch? I, in some kind of an escape ship situation no it was yeah it seemed to be an escape pod or something um but he ha- he has no memory he, he he basically is uh he doesn't even remember his name at first and the ship that he's on is um it's a transformer as well and uh, but it's got him like a uh it's locked in ship mode and he's waking up basically with amnesia and he hits the button and the ship starts to transform and it transforms into these two robots that are trying to kill him and uh, they keep saying 1984. Oh, I, that was not clear to me at all that that's what was happening there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let me see. I I know kind of kind of Skids' deal, but I just don't remember why he appeared on that planet right then. Um, it wasn't clear to me this time, but may, maybe it'll maybe um later when we kind of find out more about Skids' origin. Well, uh, it'll explain what, what was going on or the malfunctioning quantum generator sucked him from wherever he was going. Yeah. He was crossing paths at the same time. He's got an origin that, that still needs to be told. So, 
um, yeah, he fights these robots off and uh, ends up kind of joining the crew, right? Yep. And uh, they remember him, but uh, he's been like going away on a mission for a long time, if, I, if I'm correct. Some of the guys remember him, I think. Yeah, people definitely remember, like, they know his name, so. Right. And they, they I think they found every everyone but, but like, two. Two of them ended up dying. So that's yeah. pretty pretty good if they lost 50 or 60 of, of their crewmates and they got they got them all back. Um, so, yeah, w- when they get back to the ship, they find there's a spark eater on board. Yeah, just like, I mean, we're we're near Halloween, so you want to get spooky. Yeah, it, was like a, it, it got, turned into like a ghost story, right? Yeah, you've got like your your vampire uh, transformer roaming around the ship. It was like a it was like alien, but with transformers. Yeah, because um, yeah, he was in the in the air shafts chasing people around. Yeah, it was in um. I'm pretty sure that nobody had even really seen a spark here. It was kind of like a ghost story to, to all yeah. of them. Uh, and they were like, yeah, there's no such thing as a spark eater, but, um, but yeah, there is. And it was on board for some reason. And a couple people end up biting the bullet on it. But, um, I don't remember if they weren't anybody really important. Yeah. Cause it was the one bot who got sucked into the engine, which caused it to malfunction. And his, it was one of the duo bots. Right. There right. was another. Du- then the other duo bot was just hanging out by the engine, like trying to figure out what the hell his point in life is. Is a duo, a mono bot, and then the the spark eater got him. And then, uh, and then there was one one body that they just found. Uh, I guess that was the spark eater's first victim when they kind of realized there was something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on board, and that's that's not good. And um, yeah, the, like the whole process of. Then taking care of that spark eater, like you said, is is a little bit of aliens. There's some light comedy. You know, we've got uh, people being used as bait to try to get the spark eater. We're getting more introductions to pieces of the ship because people were uh, kind of being quarantined into different rooms. You're getting a little bit more introduction to some of the crew because uh, Chrome Dome... Uh they they find one of the spark eaters victims and they're trying to figure out what he saw. Right. If he saw where it went. So you kind of get a little bit more background on him. And, uh, he was, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to butcher this. Um, M N E M O surgeon. Oh, it's like a Nemo. Nemo. Nemo surgeon. Nemo. Basically, he uh, he went in there and mess mess with uh, with other robots' brains. He's got those needles yeah. that come out out of his fingers. He could go in there and uh, and then and I think in the war he was basically like a um, a torturist. He he had promised uh, his his buddy rewind. He wouldn't do it, but um, Rodimus and them are quick to ask him to do. You know, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do this for us. I mean, it's super useful, but uh, uh, it comes at a cost. He. He he promised he wouldn't do it anymore because obviously you know the war's over. You do things in war, you know yeah. you're probably not not proud of. And uh, and he gives them the, uh, the the first glimpse, which that page is so creepy. Uh, that like black and white page of the uh, the spark eater, the the memory, yeah, of the spark eater, yeah. Because you you previously as a reader, you're like, okay, so spark eater is just a legend. They don't actually exist. 
probably just somebody on the ship is uh, just a murderer. You've got all these weirdos on the ship to begin with. Yeah, you know, you've, you've already got, seen that Whirl is a is a psychopath, pretty much. So um, right. I know when I was first reading it, I was like, "Where is this guy at?" Uh, Whirl, and you had only seen the this just a hand. Um, you had not, you hadn't seen the spark eater yet, but yeah, that thing is uh is is really creepy. They find out the spark eater is attracted to the um, brightest spark, and the spark is uh, basically their. Um, their soul, their their life force, right. uh, or whatever. Um, and so, Hot Rod, because you know, he thinks he's like I said, delusions of grandeur. He's like, okay, well, I just gonna have to stay in this room, and it's gonna come find me. You know, so he's, <laughs> he's he wants to use himself as bait. Yeah. But then you come to find out that it's not heading for him; it's heading for uh, Goofy Ass Wrong and his uh, model airplanes and stuff. <laughs> and uh, so then they have to go and. Uh, Skids, I think, is the one that goes in there and, and rescues him. That's when they run into Hot Rod, and uh, <laughs> and he, he like grabs Rung and, and hold just holds him up there as like a uh, for the for the listeners. I'm, I'm demonstrating to to Jim, but um, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of holds him in place, like come and get him. He's right here, but uh, he's standing it by the uh, quantum generator. Which yep, uh, when it jumped before there was a that, that's what they think caused the malfunction when it was getting ready to engage so that they can, can make their plan to jump. Uh, a, one of the bots walked by it to, uh, and kind of merged with it somehow. Yeah. And um, so that basically that's what they're going to try to do to get rid of this spark eater. Cause as far as the legends tell, there's like no way to kill a spark eater, right? The, they're, they're basically like indestructible yeah. uh, as far as they know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's like fight, fighting a ghost for, for all intents and purposes. But, um, so that's what they're going to, that's what their plan is. They're going to have it run by this, um, the quantum generator, right, right. As they're kind of gearing up to do another jump and hope that it, it, the same thing happens to, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the plan actually, it, it sounds, it sounds like a crazy plan, but it actually worked <laughs> to perfection. It, that thing got sucked into the engines and they made another jump and, uh, and, and Cyclonus and Tailgates, little uh, they wanted it wanted to be like the buddy system, and uh, he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, they said I should go and uh, people give Tailgate bad advice this whole uh, because he's he's just uh, he's like such a little innocent, he doesn't know anything about any of these people and what what they've been doing for the last millions of years, so he's really uh, gullible, and I think somebody told him to go and like, yeah, Cyclonus would love it if you went over there and, and hung out with him, and uh, Cyclonus is. is is uh he's <laughs> he's pretty grumpy all the time, and uh you have uh Cyclonus giving Tailgate like a history of the war as far as he knows it, keeping in mind that he didn't live through the war. This is all kind of I think right. stuff that he uh just his his outsider's opinion on on the war. Again, that like uh kind of taking everything that we've uh, been packaged about the Autobots and Decepticons where Autobots are the good guys, Decepticons are the bad guys. And having Cyclonus's view of the war was like, okay, these are the two political parties and they both wanted change, uh, but one wanted like slower change playing by the rules and the other was willing to just uh, take change. Make yeah. or make change. Uh, make, yeah, that, yeah, and that's actually a 
a, a good assessment of on Cyclonus's part of how, how it kind of uh, played out. And uh, you, you made a good point. All we know about as far as Transformers for since Transformers first came out was Decepticons are evil just because they're evil and the Autobots are good trying to fight the, the Decepticons. Right. But this, um, this series really pl- uh, gets into the, the beginnings of the war and why the Decepticons first came about. And you're right. Mm-hmm. It was basically like a political agenda. We'll see where tailgate lands, which one he thinks he should follow. Uh, doesn't it, doesn't it end? Uh, doesn't this first volume end with tailgate saying yeah. that he thinks he wants to be a Decepticon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how it ends. And so, um, Cyclonus has basically convinced him to be a Decepticon. And even though there shouldn't be any Decepticons and Autobots anymore, you're on a ship full of Autobots but, uh, <laughs> saying you want to be a Decepticon. Uh, but that's tailgate. He's, uh, he's learning everything as he goes and, uh, he's, he is kind of gullible to this. Yeah. But so what were your thoughts on, uh, on, the, uh, the it was just the first three issues in this volume, so it was, it was real short after yeah. the death of Optimus. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, having a fresh start, having no actual war for these bots to be fighting was, I think, an interesting take. Um, and it really felt a lot to me like the, the Battlestar Galactica TV show. The, there were still bad guys that the good guys were trying to fight. But again, there was a lot of drama within the ship. Uh, you could have an entire episode of that TV show where no actual bad guys showed up, but there was still enough drama and intrigue on the ship to keep you interested and to, you know, drive the characters forward. And for me, that's really what this this felt like, where it was just like, we don't, we don't need war all the time. We don't need to have constant conflict outside. There's plenty of conflict inside that we can explore just at a personal level between the bots. Yeah, that, that's basically the first uh, first issue, first two issues at least, is just uh, conflict with the characters, just getting the getting this crew together and the characters already just just on the way to. They haven't even st- to launched yet, and there's characters already bumping into each other and. Uh, and, and and deciding they don't like each other and 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 stuff and then uh and there's there's even in the third issue the the bad guy is is the spark eater and uh that's basically it's basically like a lying lion being trapped on a on on your ship you know it, yeah spark eater's not not evil i wouldn't say it's, it's higher on the food chain i guess you know it's it's just going to do what it what it's what it's going to do and they have to, you know, try to defend themselves so that's a that's a really different than i guess any other transformers property you've probably ever seen because there's nobody they're fighting they're they're they were fighting you know each other and then a ghost uh so <laughs> that was that was the conflict but um yeah it Battlestar Galactica or even um I've been watching a lot of Star Trek recently so uh like an episode of Star Trek they got yeah they got lost in their jump and then they had to go down on the planet for repairs and uh, and find find some of their lost colleagues. So that was a whole issue, but it was great, you know. Um, it, can, it builds the conflict with, like you said, within the crew, and uh, and also, you know, they still have this ultimate quest that they're on. You know, it's, these right. are just little, little getting little sidetracked, uh, little things that that they've that's taken their attention off of just following the map. So, mm-hmm. 
there's a there's a lot lot going on, but they they've they've still got a mission ahead of them. So, and you you, you had previously read this before, right? Yeah, I read. Um, I don't remember how many volumes I got into it. Uh, five or six volumes, I think, into it. I haven't finished it. So as we go through all the volumes, it'll be interesting to see what sort of stuff jumps out uh, as a first-time reader with you as my guide. So it'll be a fun journey. Yes, um, and th- this is this is a lot of setup. Uh, I mean, through the entire uh, death of Optimus Prime is is all is all setting this up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, first, like I said, the first couple of issues is getting to know these characters and and them, you know, getting on their quest. And then, um, then you realize they've they've gotten sidetracked because they jumped early and they don't know where exactly where they are as far as right. They can't just follow their map, you know, A to B to C. So uh, obviously, the the you know they they have a quest, they have a goal, but they've gotten sidetracked. And now, I think once you get into the second volume, that's where you kind of see where where everything's going this this was all getting to you know yeah w- what what happened before and who are these people that were that were you know going to be reading about and then the second volume is going to take off and um really take us where we're, where we're going cool all right so caleb we do we have a voicemail uh, we got oh, a voicemail boy. for our first episode ever let me see if i can voicemail jim Jim is the master of cloak and dagger when it comes to podcast, <laughs> uh, fellow lost light crew, crew members. I guess that's what we're going to call. We, we can cut that out. If that, if that doesn't play well with the test audience, we can cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Hello all. Uh, this is Neil calling from the surface of Cybertron, which by which I mean England with Starscream by which I mean my cat as I watch you guys take off in the lost light on the greatest journey you can go on in comics which is rereading this amazing comic series I need very little provocation to reread more than meets the eye but I'm very very excited to have this podcast to listen along to as I do it one more time I don't have a lot to say about this particular volume to be fair I think this volume is kind of like an orchestra tuning up it's not necessarily the show itself, it's setting the table, it's laying seeds that, uh, you know, will get paid off in the future, but uh, it just introduces the most lovable bunch of characters I think you can really have in a comic book series, and yeah, very, very excited to see where it goes and where the podcast goes. I'm going to be listening to this intently, I'm very excited for the next episode, and until then guys, good luck till all are one. Um, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Starscream. Good to have you both with us <laughs> on this journey. Um, that was awesome of, of Neil to do. Um, he he basically said, but with an English accent, he basically said that you got to you just got to stick around until volume two. That was that was like an, yeah. an like the the way the the British say yeah 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 you just got to stick around until volume two you know the classic <laughs> it really picks up you know in in later volumes so but just he said it with an accent at with an accent um no he's he's absolutely right I think I tried to say it uh, this this was this was a good little bit of setup this first volume but uh, mm-hmm. it it really picks up Neil is one of uh, one of the people that I have baptized in 
uh, Transformers. He, uh, he, he was one of the people that took my recommendation and, uh, he, he, he went, he went above and beyond, man. He, he, he read all of, uh, more than meets the eye. And he even went back to the early IDW stuff that I haven't read yet. So oh, okay. yeah, uh, I don't think he finished. I'm not going to give him that much credit. I think he went back and, and tried to start that, but, um, maybe he did. Uh, Neil, Neil does a lot of reading. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us on this adventure. Uh, dear listeners, uh, glad to have you along. We will, we will see you next time. I don't know what our recording schedule is going to be like because, you know, we're not, we're not playing by the rules. We're not, we're, we're making our own No, we're, we're here to break the system and, uh, that, that's what we're here to do. So who, who knows? We, we're not going to, we're not going to be, uh, tied down and, and we're not going to conform to, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna put no labels on, on it right now. We're just going to, you know, take it how it comes. So you need to go and uh, subscribe, like and subscribe to all of our social media accounts. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Lost Light Pod. Send us a voicemail, email, any kind of communication to lostlightpod at gmail.com. We'll be on iTunes eventually. So, you know, definitely subscribe so that when the next episode drops, you can get that alert uh, as soon as possible and uh, rub it in your friends' faces that you listen to it first. Yes, we, we really need to, to support this. And a uh, special thanks to Jim. Jim has taken this on. Um, not only did he reach out to me and offer me a chance to sit and talk for, for a while and sit and talk about a subject that I, that I love, but, uh, he's taken all of this on any of the podcast art you see, trust me, my, my friends that did not come from me. Uh, Jim, Jim has, has been a real champ about all of this and not only doing, setting up all the social media art, but also teaching me how to use, you know, audio equipment and, and my, my own computer and everything else. So, uh, Jim deserves, uh, an award of some kind friendship award or podcast award or whatever. So <laughs> thank you, Jim. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. All right. All right. Till all are one. Till all are one. <laughs>